This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from an authorised financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge by calling 0800 878 You're listening to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawke's Bay. This is a programme called Canny View, hosted by the team from the Stuart Group right here in Hastings. It's all about finances, how to make the most of your money, and it's our pleasure, as always, to have in the studio Jeff Wilson from the Stuart Group. How are you going, Jeff? I'm very good, Ken. How are you? Well, I'm pretty good. Now, before we get into today's topic, which is KiwiSaver, which you're an expert in, uh, just remind our listeners what the Stuart Group's all about. Okay, so Stuart Group is a local-owned and operated firm, been established just over 30 years, and we're here to help Hawke's Bay and um, New Zealanders um, improve their finances. Now, when I, I guess the average person listening to this program is going, oh, Stuart Group, financial institution, might be expensive for me to go and see those guys, and I'm just an average bloke doesn't work that way does it absolutely not no everybody's welcome and uh, often our discussions uh, initial discussions are um, without obligation and without charge yes indeed and as i found out to my delight with uh, kiwi saver when i changed over from the conservative to whatever the middle one is the balance uh, fund the yeah. balance fund wow what a great decision that was Yes, yeah. I mean, um, part of what we do is obviously um, assess for individuals' requirements what type of fund they should be invested in, and that can change over the course of their lifetime. And today we're going to talk all about KiwiSaver. There are some facts, some figures, and the future of KiwiSaver. And I heard this morning a report that the government's actually talking about contributing more Yes, yes, I read that too. Um, so this is all um, part of uh, a sort of evaluation process that the government undertakes uh, around retirement policy. Uh, I think they do that every three years or so. And that's also coincided with um, the Financial Markets Authority. Um, they release an annual report and that contains all the facts and figures. So at this time of year, it starts to um, uh, a lot of a lot of different different ideas and suggestions for how KiwiSaver can be modified mm. or adapted for future come into play. I wonder why the government would consider putting more in. I mean, what they're really saying is that we, the taxpayer, are going to put more in. Um, I would have thought it would be a no-brainer to be part of it and with what they're putting in anyway – it's got to be good news, doesn't it? Uh, yes, I don't think it was actually the government that were making that recommendation. That was um, um, a, uh, an independent perspective. But um, yes, the, I think the idea behind that is that um, the current government contribution of $521.43 um, is possibly not a sufficient incentive for people mm -hmm. to uh, contribute. Um, out of 2.9 million KiwiSaver members, uh, which is a, a fantastic result, um, there's still 40% uh, who are not actively contributing. So they're not even getting that $521.43. So I think the idea behind trying to increase the level of government contribution would be to try and effect some change in, in those people. Indeed. And... Uh 
looking at some of the facts about KiwiSaver, one thing I would sort of stagger me was that there are 31 different schemes available. Yes, absolutely, um, and they seem to be growing at about the rate of one a week mm. currently. Um, so when you think back um, to 2007, I think there were only probably about a dozen schemes. Mm-hmm. So yes, there is a lot of choice for people out there, arguably perhaps a little bit too much choice, but um, there are broad schemes and there are some very narrow schemes based on certain investment philosophies. What does that word scheme mean to the uh, to the punter? Does that mean the conservative scheme and the balanced scheme and the no, so the scheme is the underlying um, vehicle, if you like, for holding um, KiwiSaver members' uh, investments. And then within each scheme, there are often um, a number of different funds mm-hmm. according to um, their requirements. So uh, you can have default funds. Um, there are nine default scheme providers um, currently appointed by the government. That's up for review um, early next year. That could uh, potentially increase, decrease, or remain the same. So uh, government have got a, uh, a dollar each way on that yes. one. Um, and um, then also uh, there are conservative funds, balanced funds, such as uh, you've taken advantage of, and um, also growth funds. Mm. Is KiwiSaver as good as having your money in the bank? I mean, we like to think that when we put our money in the bank, it's safe. It's almost, you almost like to think it's government guaranteed because the banks very rarely, uh, the government would very rarely let the bank fail. Is it the same with KiwiSaver? Do you think that? Yes, so schemes, there are um, checks and balances in place to ensure that um, people can't lose their money through a scheme folding. Mm. But um, the key difference is that uh, members' money is invested in uh, instruments such as the um, equities from the from the stock market. That can be New Zealand, Australasia, or globally in the case of the Stuart Financial Group um, KiwiSaver scheme. And um, there is always a risk that um, investments can go down as well as up. Um, over a long term, the evidence suggests that um, those investments will go up at a modest uh, rate. Um, Compared to the bank right now, where the banks are obviously relatively safe, as you outlined, but the with the official cash rate being at one percent, the return on money being held in 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 banks is is minimal. Yeah, you mentioned a bit earlier that one million one hundred eighty-five thousand four hundred sixty-six people at this moment are non-contributing members. If you had to say the three top reasons for becoming a member of KiwiSaver, what would they be? Oh, um, well, one is absolutely the um, – this is designed to be a retirement vehicle or indeed for now a growing proportion of uh, younger people. It's an opportunity to collect together uh, money that they can use for first home purchase. So those are the two kind of prime objectives behind KiwiSaver. That's the first one. The second one, I think, is to um, uh, get people um, thinking about their future and um, planning for the future. Um, the, the, the current New Zealand superannuation scheme is useful and helpful, um, but is frankly not 
going to be sufficient for retirement provision. And thirdly, yes, the government is trying to incentivise people by uh, taking advantage of KiwiSaver um, by offering a government contribution. Now, that's 50% of mm. member contributions up to that limit of $521.43. So uh, that's a 50% return on your investment. There's no investment no, in the world that uh, offers that kind of return. So um, there are very, very few reasons that, um, that I could think of why you wouldn't be in KiwiSaver, um, probably one being... If you had a substantial amount of debt that you needed to pay off first, can you lump sum invest into KiwiSaver? So if I was fortunate enough to have a spare ten grand sitting in the bank, I thought, oh, you know, two percent's not much of a return there. Could I then come and see you or uh, a financial advisor? I want to put this money into KiwiSaver. Can we do that? Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, I guess uh, the uh, the key things to remember are that unless you're looking at first home purchase, mm-hmm. then um, any money you put into KiwiSaver is going to be effectively locked in until you reach the age of 65. So if you're a 30-year-old, for example, mm. you've already put um, on the property ladder and you had, say, $10,000, um, then a discussion with a financial advisor would be around what else would you need that $10,000 for? Otherwise, you're looking to lock that away for 35 years. Now, you make an interesting point that if you're already 65, and thankfully now the legislation's changed so that people 65 and over can now take advantage of KiwiSaver, if you have $10,000 currently sitting in a bank, um, term deposit, for example, then as we outlined earlier, it's getting you next to nil mm. return right now. So um, with KiwiSaver, because you've already already reached retirement age, you can actually effectively use your KiwiSaver as a form of bank and get the benefit of the better returns. Now, I know that uh, yourself and your colleagues always talk about diversity. You know, don't have all your eggs in one basket. So once you've got to, say, the age of 65, you retire, you generally have got a bit of money uh, put aside touching wood as we say this or you might be downsizing your house to uh, free up a bit of money would you recommend investing those funds say solely into KiwiSaver because it's really like investing in the share market in a way isn't it or would you Yes, I mean, there are always risks uh, involved. So uh, as you rightly point out, it's important to um, have other assets, uh, be that property or be that cash, um, because you never know quite know when you're going to require um, access to those funds. So putting it all into KiwiSaver would probably not be the the most productive option for you. Um it's interesting to note, and uh, one of the other recent suggestions around, uh, from the Retirement Commissioner uh, around KiwiSaver is that um, a lot of the people, and I think from memory um, about a billion dollars was, was taken out of um, KiwiSaver last year by way of retirement payments, mm. Uh, is that there is a tendency for people to take everything out from their KiwiSaver mm. at age 65, for example. 
then clearly uh, there is a risk that they can spend that money and then still um, not have sufficient for um, their their dotage. And so one of the suggestions, uh, which has been called Kiwi Spend, is to actually limit the amount of money that people can draw down upon from mm. KiwiSaver. Um, that's ruffled a few feathers. Um, that's, that's up for discussion. Um, there is a view that... Um, the government shouldn't be no. intruding upon um, what is effectively people's personal choice. It's almost nanny state in a way, isn't it? Uh, your words, not mine. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a good point that you raise because I, I wonder how important is the money in KiwiSaver to our New Zealand economy? It must be hugely important. Well, it's general it's currently valued at 57 billion dollars mm. as a fund um and purported over the next 10 years to be going close to 200 billion so it's it's fairly sizable um and look there is some uh, conjecture that ultimately um, the government will do away with New Zealand's superannuation or they'll certainly push the retirement age out to 67 um, and so if you look at your KiwiSaver documentation it always talks about retirement age as opposed to mm-hmm. a number of IE 65 currently but for those people in maybe 10-15 years time you may actually only be able to access your KiwiSaver from from age 67. What happens if the government decided next year that uh, retirement age was going to be 67? Would people who are currently part of the scheme be forced to wait till they're 67? As I understand it, yes, um, unless there was any sort of um, contingent legislation to allow those people who were likely to uh, achieve age 65 within a certain period of time, then that would change. But I think that's been signalled for late 2020, um, sort of 229, something like that. Where does the money get invested? I mean, we're putting it in every week and uh, we don't tend to worry about it. But what's what's happening with the money that is invested? Do we have a say in where it's invested in? Uh, yes, you have a say in both in terms of the um, fund choice, be it a conservative, uh, balanced or a growth fund. And with some KiwiSaver, um, new KiwiSaver schemes now, there is a um, tendency to have more sort of ethical choices. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, you've just got to bear in mind that um, in some of those, you might be limiting your kind of options in terms of investments. Um, whereas uh, with the Stuart Group scheme, we... Um, very much of the the view of of diversification so we um, invest members money um, globally uh, across um, stocks and shares and also um, income generation um, instruments such as bonds and um, whilst there is a uh, a general leaning towards um, Australasian or New Zealand um, investments, what we call home bias, we still are cognizant that um, the local market is a, a tiny fraction of the global market. Do you ever find that uh, investors, say small-time investors maybe like myself, would like to micromanage their account that you might say, hey, look, I don't want to invest in anything that might be related to, say, making firearms or I don't want to invest in anything that's likely to be uh, anti-the-planet 
you know, the state of the, can you do that or? Yes, like I say, there are choices out there. There are websites now that, um, will provide information on what are sort of socially responsible investments, um, or, um, ethically, uh, responsible investments. Um, and I think you'll see a shift in, um, the fund selections, uh, going forward from pretty much all providers. Um, I don't know of any um, KiwiSaver scheme now that would invest in assault weapons, for example, or sure. nuclear armaments. Yeah. Um, but people have different tolerances to um, ethical um, investments, so that's something that that is um, th- there's a there's a moving moving trend towards more ethically conscious investments. Do you think more people might be keener to invest in KiwiSaver? I mean, there's 57 billion dollars already uh, in the big pot. Do you think they might be keener to invest if the drawdown age you didn't have to wait till you're 65? So maybe they, you know, maybe they had it. I don't know, 45, 55, 65. I'm sure there would be. Um, and look, uh, another of the suggestions that has been made recently is that um, KiwiSaver funds could be used not only for first home purchase, mm. which requires the member to actually reside in that property, but to include it for investment properties. So there is a feeling that um, uh, you have the opportunity to invest in a sort of a nest egg for, for the future. And again, that's, um, that's sort of polarised opinion. And um, what I think is good about KiwiSaver is it, it it it's very, it is restrictive. Yeah. Um, the the danger is if you allow one thing, then it opens it up sure. to everything. And again, um, it kind of defeats the purpose. If people are taking it out at forty five yeah. and, and and blowing it, then they're relying again on the on the state for for their retirement. Problem is, you get to sixty five and you decide to buy that camper van. You're sort of a bit knackered. You think, oh, I wish I could have done this one on fifty five. <laughs> well, there are other investment yeah, right. or, uh, vehicles that you can <laughs> use to to build up that nest egg. Um, so it doesn't have to be all all about KiwiSaver. Interestingly, I think what we're finding is that most people who are age sixty five and uh, with the benefit of good health are still working mm-hmm. and um, are actively contributing to their KiwiSavers. So uh, if anything 70 years becoming the new 65 what about the future of kiwi saver do you do you think that down the track that the government might make it compulsory across the board like i mean it's compulsory in australia isn't it it is compulsory in australia and um i think uh, they introduced compulsory superannuation in around 1992 mm. and the value of their funds is is in the trillions mm. now um so look i i think it would be tough to make it mandatory one has to probably look at the million odd people that are mm. not in kiwi saver and and you have to ask yourself why is that the case is it because they're just on low incomes uh is there a lack of education um is there just general apathy i think there's an awful lot of education that still needs to happen I mean, you're out and about. What do you think is the main reason that nearly half the population or half the working population aren't in it? Um, I think clearly uh, there will be a number of people who are on sort of low pay or perhaps not in sort of stable employment. Um, and it's just simply that they have other priorities. Um, as I said to you before, um, if you have major debt, 
then there's an argument to say, well, put any monies that you have set aside towards uh, paying off debt first as opposed to mm. uh, putting it into KiwiSaver. But, of course, you can take a holiday from KiwiSaver, can't you, if, you, if you've got financial problems? Uh, yes, you can take what's called a um, – uh, I can't remember what it was called. Actually. It's a holiday. <laughs> it's a holiday. <laughs> um, they changed the term because um, people were seeing it as a bit of a holiday. Yeah. Um, but, yes, they've limited that now, so it's one year as opposed to five years. And after each year, you have to reapply mm. uh, to be able to continue that uh, suspension. I think it's something like contribution suspension is what sure. it's called. Okay, now, just before I let you get back to work, Jeff, remind our listeners, if you want to come and see us for some advice uh, to do with any financial um, opportunity, including KiwiSaver, how do we do that? Yes, so there's a number of ways. Uh, you can always call us on 0800 878 961. Uh, you can contact us um, at Stuart Group, uh, www.stuartgroup.co.nz. But we always love seeing um, new faces, so come and visit us at 204 Academy Road North, Hastings. Jeff, as always, our pleasure. You look after yourself. We'll talk to the same time, same place next time. Thanks again. Same to you. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from an authorised financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge by calling 0800 878 961. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.